Hello and welcome to Pharmacy For Me, your go-to platform for evidence-based best practice pharmacy advice for common kids' presentations to pharmacies. I'm Katie McGee, a registered pharmacist with the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Authority, and I bring you this series of episodes to help assist your decision-making in managing and treating your little ones if they become unwell and need professional advice. Australia has one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the world, with two in three Australians developing some form of skin cancer before the age of 70 years. Although so common, skin cancer is one of the most preventable cancers. Sunburn rates in Australia, in children, are of concern, with a study finding that 82% of all children aged 3 to 5 years old have experienced sunburn and 66% of teenagers in the previous summer period. This is why sun protection is very important for Australians and to get children into good habits of protecting themselves from the sun from a young age by being sun smart. This includes parents and caregivers giving and being good role models by also having good sun smart practices for children to learn from their behaviour. Ultraviolet or UV radiation from the sun is what causes sunburn as well as skin damage, eye damage and skin cancer. Exposure to UV and damage in childhood has been strongly associated with an increased risk of skin cancers later in life. So what on earth is UV? Ultraviolet radiation. It is radiation from the sun and it is what can cause sunburn as well as skin damage, eye damage and skin cancer. It produces two types of UV. So there's UVA and UVB, both of which can cause damage to the skin. To make things even more complicated, there is UVA1 and UVA2. UV is not like the light of the sun, which we can see, or the heat, which we can feel. Even on a cooler day, UV can still cause damage to the skin. Therefore, it's important not to just rely on the light and the temperature when thinking about sun protection. UV severity is classified on a number scale, and from this scale, the World Health Organization has recommenders for each level. So low with a UV index of 1 to 2 is considered safe to be outside without sun protection. Moderate is a UV of 3 to 5 and high from 6 to 7, which is recommended to seek shade during midday hours and apply sun protection all other times. Very high is 8 to 10 and extreme 11 plus is avoiding sun during midday hours and you must apply sun protection all other times. UV levels change throughout the day and they're usually higher in the years with between the months of August through to April um, and also the middle of the day. So you should try and save outdoor activities for early morning or later afternoon periods. Sun protection should always be used when a UV level is at 3 or higher. So how on earth do you know what the UV level is? You often look up the weather, you know the temperature changes throughout the day, again cooler in the morning, it might heat up and then 
cool down at night? Well, the UV index can some or generally follows this scale. So most weather apps will have a UV index number from 0 to 11 plus, And this can help guide your decision and when you know to apply sun protection. There's actually a SunSmart app, which I have found out about and downloaded, and it is really, really good. And it tells you the UV index at that time of the day and also the predictions for the day ahead. And I really like this app as well because it sends you a notification when the UV hits three or higher. So you know that it is time to put apply sun protection method, methods. So you could be outside in the morning and, you know, the UV, you checked the website and it said the UV was one, got the kids outside, you know that it's fine, that they're not going to be harmed from the UV rays. But within the hour, the UV might change and go up to four, which means you need to apply some protection methods. But in that time, you haven't gone in to check the weather website every two minutes to make sure you're still um, protected. So the app can send you a notification and you know that it's time to pop a hat on and pop some sunscreen on. So I really like it. So sunscreen is a cream you apply to the skin and it contains ingredients that either reflect or absorb the radiation of the UV so that it doesn't cause damage to the skin. And as I said, sun protection should be used when the UV is three or higher. Babies under 12 months of age should not be exposed to direct sunlight when the UV levels are three or higher. Whilst on the topic of UV, I just want to address a myth that people frequently say, which is that you need to spend some time in the sunlight without sun protection to get some vitamin D, in inverted um, quotation marks. Vitamin D is essential. Um, it's essential for the absorption and function of many organs in the body. And one of these things is that it plays a big role in the absorption of calcium, which is really important for bone health. The main um, source of vitamin D for the body is, yes, you guessed it, from sunlight. And it is from UVB waves. So stick with me here. I'm going to say that a few times this episode. Therefore, if the sun is producing UVB, you need to protect yourself from it. But the UVB also gives you vitamin D. So therefore, you should sit in the sun or leave your child or baby in the sun to get some vitamin D. Absolutely not. No. Especially if children and babies with their fine skin, they are at high risk of burn. Although sunscreen blocks the UVB rays, there have been several studies that show that it has minimal effect on the levels of vitamin D. Gone are the days where you sit in the sun for a healthy tan and vitamin D, in quotation marks, there is nothing healthy about a tan. I'm now going to talk a little bit about SPF. So SPF is the sun protectant factor. So you'll see this on the sunscreens and it'll say things like SPF 15, SPF 30 or SPF 50. 
SPF is the measurement of how much UVB is required to cause sunburn in someone with sunscreen versus unprotected skin. Therefore, the higher SPF, the greater exposure to UV is required before burning. In other words, the higher the SPF, the more protected from the sun you are. However, when sunscreen is applied correctly, which I'll talk about a little bit later and it is very important, evidence has shown that there is very little difference in the amount of UV absorbed in the skin between SPF 30 and SPF 50. However, SPF does not measure UVA. Remember I said there's UVA and UVB rays and there's also UVA1 and UVA2. So SPF only measures the UVB. Therefore, regulations were brought in in 2012 that any sunscreen protected against both UVA and UVB were to be labelled as broad spectrum. So broad spectrum sunscreens mean that they protected the skin from both UVA2 and UVB radiation. However, only some of these sunscreen block out UVA1. Therefore, the best protection is always avoidance or covering. I'll talk a little bit later more about um, the different ingredients and the UV radiation. The final thing is water resistant. So water resistant, it is not waterproof, it's water resistant. So it means that if a sunscreen says it's water resistant, that they maintain their SPF after 40 minutes of sweating or swimming. If it's very water resistant and says very in front of water resistant, it means that the sunscreen will maintain the SPF after 80 minutes of swimming or sweating. So double the period of time. So now I'm going to talk a little bit more about sun protection um, methods. So avoiding the sun or sun exposure is always the best for newborns to three years of age. The Cancer Council, SunSmart, I'm sure you've all heard, we have slip slop, slap, seek, and slide. So slip, we'll go through first. So slip on some clothing. So clothing absorbs or blocks UV radiation by acting as a physical barrier between the sun and the skin. And it's a very simple way to protect the skin. Clothing should cover the arms and the legs and make sure that the clothing you put on is lightweight and loose, loose fitting so that the child doesn't get too hot. Fabric should be close knitted, that it doesn't have lots of big gaps or holes where light can still get through onto the skin. And it should be, if possible, darker colored clothing because it absorbs UV better than lighter colored. If clothes become wet, um, they will become more see-through and therefore UV may pass through. So ensure fabric is dried quickly if it gets wet. The next is slop. So slopping on some sunscreen. Whenever the UV index is three or above, you should be applying sunscreen to your children. Use sunscreen on small areas of the skin that are exposed to the sun. Use SPF 30 or higher and water resistant. 
apply 20 minutes before going outside and reapply every two hours. Next, we slap, slap on a hat. The skin on the face, neck and ears is much thinner and more sensitive to UV, with skin cancers most commonly being on these areas. Broad brimmed hats are the best, as I'm sure you guessed it. You want the hat that covers the child's face, back of the neck, ears, eyes, and that it is a suitable size for your child's head. Seek, so seeking shade. UV um, can burn, um, radiation can burn even when you're in the shade. So it's important that you use um, sunscreen and a hat and appropriate clothing as well. The amount of protection from the shade depends on the type of shade. For example, if you are under a tree and the sun's still coming through the leaves, it won't provide as good as protection as a built shade sail. Best shade is a complete barrier between the sun and the skin. Babies under 12 months should always be kept in the most darkest of shade. And finally, we slide. We slide on some sunglasses. So UV can also affect the eyes. Wearing an appropriate hat can reduce UV reaching the eyes by up to 50%. And with sunglasses and a hat, it can be up to 98%, which is a huge difference. Sunglasses are labelled with a protection category rating, which indicate how well they protect the eyes from UV radiation. Choose wraparound sunglasses that are labelled with a category 2, 3 or 4. Category 1 or 0 do not provide enough UV protection. You can also use a soft elastic strap, which you can buy from pharmacies, which will help to keep the sunglasses in place, especially for babies or toddlers. So sunscreen. It is recommended to use an SPF 30 plus broad spectrum to cover UVA1, UVA2 and UVB and water resistant. Sunscreen can be used from any age. However, it is to be used with caution in babies under six months of age. This is purely because the infant skin is thinner than of older kids and therefore it might be more sensitive. It can also mean it is more sensitive to the screens, which is why sunscreen for babies can be a um, better product if they're manufactured specifically for babies because they're made with gentle, fragrance-free ingredients in order to try and reduce skin reactions. The FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, have not approved their use, sunscreen's use, in under six months. However, there have been no reported harmful side effects. The Australasian College of Dermatologists does not recommend widespread use of sunscreen in under six months of age. And the American Academy of Pediatric Policy supports the use of under of sunscreen in under six months. Before using sunscreen on your child, test some on a small part of the body to make sure no reaction occurs. Sunscreen is very safe, with the main reported reaction being allergic skin reactions. However, it is rare and only occurring in one ingredient that is used and in less than 0.1% of people. 
So this might be a bit much for some people, but I think it's important to mention. But sunscreen sold in Australia in pharmacies is regulated by the Australian Goods Administration. And they can be registered or listed. So if they're registered, they are considered a therapeutic sunscreen and that they have been evaluated for efficacy and safety by the Australian Goods Administration. And these are sunscreens um, that are protected with an SPF of four um, against UV radiation. It's important to know that even if it there is SPF of four or more in a product that is actually for a different use, for example, like um, foundations, um, moisturisers, after sun lotion, um, that this may not actually apply to them because the um, main point of the product is not as per se a sunscreen. It's for a different um, purpose. The trick is to look for um, wording on the label that is OSTL or OSTR. So AUST for Australia and then an L for listed or AUSTR for registered. Most sunscreens in Australia are listed, which means that they have not had an evaluation by the Therapeutic Goods Administration, but they have been by the makers of them and they must meet legislative requirements. So they have an OSTL on the label. Requ requirements including um, the SPF, water resistance, and if they are broad spectrum or not. They must also only include permitted ingredients um, and make according to very strict manufacturing guidelines and comply with all the legislative requirements. So basically, they need to abide by a whole lot of rules um, around safety and efficacy, even though they have not been tested independently by the TGA. This includes sunscreens with insect repellent. So sunscreens that need to be registered um, with the TGA compared to listed means that the TGA do all pre evaluations on safety, quality and efficacy and they have the OSTR on a label. And these products require registration as they usually contain an ingredient not permitted on the um, listing requirements or they have a higher level indication. So I'm going to continue on this trend of a lot of information and I just want to touch about the actual ingredients in sunscreen. So it can be a bit wordy, bit sciencey, but I'm going to try my best just to get the point across. So I mentioned earlier that sunscreen filters and reflects UV radiation and we've got the different UVs. So UVB, UVA, and UVA is UVA1 or UVA2. So broad spectrum sunscreens generally contain multiple filters in the ingredients that will absorb the the different UV radiation. Basically, you want ingredients that are going to protect against all three UV radiation. These are, um, there's different types of filters. So there's organic and inorganic. I'm not going to go into about them, but basically they absorb the UV radiation and convert it to a tiny amount of heat 
or reflect it so that it um, spills out into lots of little um, wavelengths so that it doesn't cause damage. I'll put up a list on my Instagram that is a table and it's a list of all the ingredients that are and the only ingredients there's 16 of them that the FDA has recommended and approved for sunscreen protection in terms of efficacy and safety. There is actually only three ingredients that will protect against UVA1. So you want to make sure that either avobenzone, zinc oxide, or titanium dioxide are one of the ingredients in the sunscreens that you're using. As I said, I'll put this table up with the list. I've got the types of um, the ingredients, whether they're organic or inorganic, and what UVB they protect against. And basically, you want one from each column to protect against the three types of UVs. Okay, moving along. So like anything we put on or into our bodies, there's always questions raised if it affects the body in other ways. So do the ingredients in sunscreens get absorbed by the skin and impact the body in some way. There is no conclusive evidence of the sunscreens that undergo production to make it to Australia shelves that they cause toxicity to the person. As I explained, there is highly regulated um, approvals and lists of what can be used, how it's manufactured, testing and regulation. There is media, or if you Googled it, I'm sure you would find or you will find claims such as that the organic um, filters in sunscreen disrupt hormone levels and affect fertility. I say that very lightly. These are purely theoretical based on the actual ingredient. Studies have been done and conclude and show that the ingredients in approved sunscreens can be absorbed, but the levels that they are restricted to for use in sunscreens that make it to the bloodstream are so tiny and little that they cannot even make it to the sites of the body to have an impact to disrupt a bodily system. Because the theory and potential for minuscule absorption of organic sunscreen, zinc oxide is generally recommended for young children. It is important to know no amount of recommended sunscreen application can result in toxicity or disruption to the human's body or organ function. It's been researched, studied, and the ingredients at the specified levels per the requirements that I've spoken about are safe. Another thing is that sunscreen may be avoided by some purely because of how it feels. I'm sure you can all resonate with this, but it can be quite sticky, especially with higher SPFs. There are lotions and creams available with lotions being thinner and less greasier than creams, and therefore they may be more preferred when applying to larger areas of the bodies. Products are available in creams in a bottle, pump bottles, spray bottles, roll-ons, you name it. You go to the sunscreen, sunscreen section of the pharmacy and you'll find it in a different method that you can apply it in. The key is to find one that is convenient to use and you like the feel of applying. 
You can use more than one for different places. For example, a pump bottle in, on, in the backyard at home and a roll-on that you keep in your handbag. So what sunscreen do I like for kids? Just because it says kids or baby on it does not mean that it protects against all three UV radiation waves. Same as adult ones if it says broad spectrum. They'll cover UVB and UVA2, but not necessarily UVA1. So make sure you use my ingredients guide. You always want them to have one of the three ingredients in it. But it can be tricky because a lot of those times those ingredients can be known under different names. So it doesn't hurt to do a quick Google, especially of the avabenzene, because it can be known as other longer chemical names to make sure that you've got it in your um sunscreen as it's the most common one to protect UVA1. For children under 12 months, Mugu Baby um, Clear Child Clear Zinc. Its active against active ingredient is zinc oxide only, which is the recommended product for children under 12 months of age. So Mugu Baby and Child Clear Zinc. It is SPF 40 and water resistant. Children greater than six months, there's many on there, but two are the Cancer Cancel Kids range and the Banana Boat Kids range. They are 50 plus, water resistant and cover all three UV radiation. Just a note that a lot of the time, baby versus kids versus adult sunscreens, a lot of the time have the same, exactly the same ingredients and concentrations especially the kids and the baby. For example, Banana Boat sell a roll-on kids and a roll-on baby, but they're actually the exactly the same ingredients and strengths. So make sure you check on the label the ingredient and the strength so you're not buying a one for each different family member of a different age. So applying sunscreen. This is one of the most important things. For sunscreen to work, it needs to be applied correctly. They need to be applied with lots of it and frequently and repeatedly to all areas of the body that see the sun. The average adult needs to apply a teaspoon to the face and neck area, a teaspoon on each arm, and two teaspoons for the chest and then the back, and two, two, two teaspoons for each leg. The Cancer Council use the following recommendations for children, and that is to do a dot on each cheek, a dot on the chin, and rub it in, avoiding the eye area. And then do a squiggle on each arm and leg. I will demonstrate this in, in an Instagram video. Timing again is important, as I said earlier, it should be applied whenever the UV is three or higher and applied every and applied 20 minutes before going out in the sun. So 20 minutes before you even go in the sun. You should reapply every two hours. Even if the sunscreen is water resistant, they still wash off after swimming or sweating. So you need to reapply. Even if they say water resistant for four hours, you should be reapplying every two hours. And if you've got wet and dried off, you need to reapply. School-aged children are at the highest risk of sunburn due to being active outdoors, um, especially in school hours, without applying or reapplying sunscreen 
correctly or using sun protective measures. A study by the Australian Paediatric Burns Unit showed the highest age of burns um, was children of 10 years old. Some ways to encourage good sun protection at childcare or schools is to have them, appropri to have them appropriate protective clothing um, with their school uniforms and a broad broom hat always in their bag. They should take their own sunscreen. Um, there's like little clip-on ones available that you can just clip onto the side of their school bag. And as I said earlier, it's important to model good sun protection behaviours at home. Um, so if you encourage them to wear a hat in the backyard and apply sunscreen, they'll be more conditioned to do so outside of the home environment. Finally, I'm going to talk a little bit about sunburn treatment itself. So as I've said, the children have fine and thinner skin and therefore they can get sunburnt within 10 minutes. Treatment is aimed to provide comfort only whilst it heals, which sometimes can take weeks depending on the severity of the burn. It can be difficult to tell if someone's getting sunburnt at the time because there is no signs of when it's actually occurring. You don't see the burn until later once it's already caused the damage to the skin. Usually damage, sunburn um, can be painful, redness and Swelling peaks usually from about 24 hours after. It can become really itchy, especially as the skin um, becomes tighter. So treatment is plenty of water and fluids to ensure that the child is well hydrated. Cool the skin using a cold face washer or a cool bath. If they're in pain, you can use pain relief such as paracetamol or ibuprofen. Always read the package and take only as directed. You can listen to episode Pain and Fever for more information about that. Prevent further burn damage by staying indoors and out of direct sunlight on the burn. And keep the skin moisturised um, to avoid the itching. Use a fragrance-free moisturising cream or lotion. I like the brands QV and Dermavine. Moisturising creams do not speed up the recovery of the sunburn. They simply hydrate the skin to make it more comfortable. After sun gels and creams with aloe vera have no evidence for them to improve sunburn healing. They are safe and have limited side effects, so they could be used as a second-line treatment after using a fragrance-free moisturiser. You should always seek medical attention from the doctor if sunburn is severe and has blisters. Do not pop any blisters um, as it can only increase the risk of an infection getting in and under the skin. You should also see a doctor if there's any swelling of the skin, severe pain, or if the child has fever, headaches, nausea, or vomiting, because this might indicate heat stroke. So, a lot of information today, I must say. I think I learned the most um, researching this topic out of all so far, especially all the abbreviations like UV and SPF and what they actually mean. So remember that UV radiation damages the skin and can have long-term harmful effects such as skin cancer. The best way to prevent UV damage is to use appropriate sun protection methods. You should use the Slip, Slop, Slap, Seek, Slide Guide for protecting your child from the harmful UV of the sun. Remember babies under 12 months are best kept in darker shade and sunscreen should apply should be applied sparingly 
in under six months to small areas of the skin. Always use sunscreen when the UV index is three or higher and find a sunscreen you can apply easily and like the feel of that is SPF 30 or more is labeled with broad spectrum and water resistant and has zinc oxide in it. Always apply enough sunscreen and reapply every two hours and 20 minutes before going in the sun. The information discussed today is accurate only up until the date of publication. Remember that information discussed today is sourced and appropriately researched and you can find references in the notes and on Instagram. So make sure you follow me on Pharmacy For Me. Next week, I will be educating you on insect repellent use in children. I thought this was very fitting for this time of the year, especially with the mosquitoes out and about with all the recent rain and humidity. So that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. This podcast is where pharmacy is done differently. I'm Katie McGee and you just listened to another episode of Pharmacy For Me. The advice shared via Pharmacy For Me is considered general in nature and does not consider individual and personal circumstances. Pharmacy for Me presents evidence-based information for education purposes only. Always seek professional advice from your pharmacist or doctor if you have any concerns about an individual and medical decision-making. Pharmacy for Me is presented by Katie McGee, a registered pharmacist with the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Authority. The information provided is within the presenter's scope of practice and abides by national law and the Pharmacy Board of Australia's Pharmacist Code of Conduct.